everybody. How you doing tonight? Mike Iaconelli here. And you notice I forgot my normal intro, which is folks at home. That's because I'm going to change it in honor of Dave tonight. And it's going to be friends at home, friends at home. <laughs> Welcome to Ike Live. This is a special last-minute episode. Uh, we have Brian the Carpenter to thank once again for the show. As many of you know, we've been sneaking in these little special shows lately. And these are really cool because they're more personalized Ike Live, less theatrics, uh, more one-on-one. And uh, we got a special guest in the house tonight. I'm not, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I want to introduce him right away. Uh, good friend of mine. I've known this guy for years and years and years. I don't want to tell you how many years because I'll be dating myself. But I've known him for a long time. Amazing guy. Good friend. And, and a good fisherman, by the way. Joining us. He's in Jersey this week, but he's from Texas. Our very own Dave Manso. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks so much. I, I Again, I want to thank Brian for the opportunity. Um, you know, totally unexpected. Just up here visiting friends and family. And, uh, you know, big fan. Actually had hosted a Ike Live show from what you referred to as the Rabbit Ranch. The Rabbit Ranch. <laughs> yeah. What a uh, great show that was. Brian, yeah. you remember that? I remember the Rabbit yeah. Ranch. <laughs> it was the first satellite show you ever did, was it? It was the first satellite show. And it was yeah. interesting because we had some people on trial that night. Yes. And I thought, Big trial. <laughs> we were finding out the scoop yeah. on the uh, Orange, TJ Texas. Keenan. Yeah, you know, yeah, Sabine event. That yeah. was neat. Yeah. That, that was, was the it was, it was neat to see you uh you kind of jump back into police officer mode there and you were <laughs> you were grilling them. It, it was a pretty hard good. habit to break. Mike. I know. Now what did you say about the chair? We talked about it off <laughs> camera and I thought it was funny. So before you tell me, you know, we have this giant beautiful big chair and then we have this little tiny baby low chair that yeah. we put our, and, it, and our, it's crushed by Pete. I right. Know. And yeah. Pete has smushed it down yes. with his yeah. enormous weight gain over yeah. the last few months. Uh, what, what did you say about the technique that police officers Well, use? see, often when we were dealing with an individual that uh, we were in, um, investigating, yeah. when you get him into the room that you want to talk to him in, you always kind of put him in that little... Uh, you know, um, inferior position of, of being much lower than you. Right. Are. And uh, I, that's exactly how I feel right wow. now. Wow. Is is as though I'm going to be um, interrogated here rather than interviewed. Yeah. And, uh, it's it, I, now I know how they felt. Well, I'll give you the good news and the bad news. The good news, and by the way, we had no idea of that technique. No. Uh, we just okay. wanted to make Pete look bad. <laughs> that was the only reason we had that small chair. You do it well. Uh, but the good news and the bad news. The good news is we have another one of these chairs on order. And it looks like it will be here for not the next show, but the show after that. Ah, and the okay. bad news is it's not here yet. I'm not going to be here. No, but uh, <laughs> but we're glad to have you, man. This is awesome. Oh, this is great. To have this you in the studio great. tonight. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, it, it seemed like we joked about upstairs, but it seems like the last dozen times I saw you guys, I'm always crashing your house yeah. uh, for tournaments. Yep. yep. So now it's nice that you guys crashed here tonight and... Uh, it's it's awesome. It's great seeing you. Actually, I I think um, the last time I was at your house was uh, shortly after you had won the classic, or not right after house, the house yeah. was built after the classic. But uh, it's been quite a few years. Amazing to see what you've done with it. You know, it's just awesome to be here. You know, we love having you in Texas. Um, you know, especially on those those trips where you come down and you really don't have a whole lot to do. Yeah. We can just go out and go fishing it's nice. and enjoy. And there it, there but, have been uh, a few of those opportunities. It's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. I can't take any credit for the house. I give credit to my wife, Becky, uh, and the terrible carpenter that's back there that built a lot of stuff in the house. He's terrible. 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 Wow. Hor- horrible carpenter. Hey, let me remind everybody, this is a special like live, but 
We have our normal means of communication uh, set out here tonight. If you want to talk to us, if you want to question, comment, you've got stuff to ask Dave, anything. Uh, if you're somebody here arrested back in the day and you want to curse at him, uh, <laughs> you can do it right here through social media. And we've got our own channel. It's Ike Live Show at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Brian DeCarpenter will be back there screening all of your texts. So yeah, don't uh, bother with Instagram. Don't bother with Instagram. Uh, <laughs> the other two, Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you think. Here's where I want to start. I want to start. Let's talk about the Federation. Uh, let, let's go way back. Let's start peeling back the, the layers here. Um, I, I got to tell you, the Federation is probably when I first met you years and years and years ago. Well, now, I was just talking with Brian, and um, you, it, given the situation, I'm sure you don't remember this, but in 1994, you and I both fished as co-anglers on Lake Norman okay, at a Lake Top Norman. 100 event, yep. and you happened to win it. I did win that. And event. although I really didn't know you then, yeah, uh, because I was from Jersey, I was getting a lot of questions about you, right? Um, from the pros that you were going to fish with, right? Uh, well, they, Chet, sc- they were scared. Chet Doth that happened to fish, happened to stay in the room next to me for that event, and he had you on the final day. Yeah, and um, and he uh, raised some concerns. <laughs> do you remember any of the exact uh please remember yeah well his exact concern was that you were going to fish overly aggressive right and um and he he commented to me that if that's the case i'm just going to put his ass out in 60 feet of right water and, and let him see if he can catch a fish absolutely uh at the end of the and i told i told him i said you know that's not my understanding you know he's yeah. very competitive um loves very passionate about the sport just as you are today. I, yeah. I use the same description today. Um, but uh, when he came back that evening, he talked about what a great day it was and how well wow. he did. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it was. So. A, I, I remember that day. It was a great day with him. And um, I think on that final day, I caught fish on four different baits, which was really cool. Just really junk fishing. Right. But I'll tell you a quick story about Chet. So, um, you know, years later when I turned pro, we had a run-in on the water on uh, on Wheeler Lake on a place called Decatur Flats. And we ended up in the same spot, and we're trying to fish it together. And, you know, he tried running me off, and eventually I I just, after some battle words, I just eventually ran off. I think he was mad at me for a few terms after that, but eventually got over it. Years and years later, after he retired, he's guiding down at Lake Okeechobee. And I kind of thought he forgot about that whole incident. And I'm fishing in an elite event, happened to be the one-ish one, and I'm fishing this one stretch of deep reeds. And every day, he knew I was fishing there. And every day, he showed up there in the morning with guide clients with shiners. Oh. And simply wore their asses oh. out with live bait. That's... And I think it has something to do with the Wheeler Lake incident <laughs> years ago. It might have been. It could be. It's that's okay. The, that's the curse of death right there, those shiner fishermen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. So what, we, we've known it. Go ahead, what, Brian. What were those four baits on... Uh... Oh, no, Lake Norman. So the four baits were... I remember two of them. You do know two of them. Okay. Yeah. The four baits were uh, a stone jig. Yeah, yeah. It was a finesse fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a precursor to the fluke. Right. Uh, it was a rattle spot, half ounce... Spot. Cr- yeah, cordell rattle spot, spot, cotton cordell, half ounce uh, chrome black back, and a pop R were the four baits that I used on that last day. Excellent. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. It was, you know, that's well, a junk fishing lake. a junk fishing tournament. It's a junk fishing yeah. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is that tournament was really, uh, for me, it was the start of my career. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I pinpoint 
that event has has helped me get my start. You right. know, it's helped. You know, with the boat now, I could fish at a different level. Yeah. But we've really started to get to know each other through the federation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And they, they were amazing days. I, I look back on those days and, and miss it. And what's interesting is we had Jerry on. A lot of a lot of you that watch Ike Live know we had Jerry McInnes on. And we talked a little bit about the dismantling of the federation. What's your opinion? I think it's a it's a fucking shame. But what's your opinion? Uh, that's a that's a powerful description. <laughs> <laughs> we were a good 15 minutes in. I haven't dropped the f bomb yet, so I figured that was a good opportunity to do it. Um, I, I think it's a tragedy, really. Um, you know, you it, it was such a great um, organization, and it brought so many people together, yeah. and it taught so many people how to fish, um, it, it, and it, it it formed like a bond and a unity for uh, for anglers weekend anglers yeah. you know um who you know obviously we all aspire to reach the top level but not everybody can and when everything split up it just kind of really um took the the flair so to speak away from it to some degree yeah and uh really uh created you know almost um two groups that 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 are in total opposition to one another yeah. instead of working together you know with, especially today with all the kids involved the high school teams yeah. and things of that nature and the college teams you know to have one group under one roof yeah you know uh, i i think really um helped a lot of people yeah i know it helped me i, I learned so much from so many guys oh i did too that had fished that yeah and we circuits and, for so many years and we could read off the names right now like uh, probably the guys that i looked up to and learned so much from are the same guys mm-hmm. that you did Eddie Cowan oh. and Schneiderite and and you know all, those guys that were always at the top solely of course yeah. man that they're the guys Whitey. that yeah Whitey they're yeah. the guys that yeah. I kind of modeled my fishing after you know because I fished a federation for one full year as a co angler too so I got to fish with a lot of good right. a lot of those guys I fished with uh, never forget it the first uh, event I ever fished as a co angler New Jersey Federation was on the Delaware River. And I drew Randy Macaluso, and he took me up to uh, Tullytown and absolutely spanked me. But right. it was a great learning experience, sure, you know. And I had never been up that far. Never been before. up. I'd never been on the Delaware River in a bass boat up to that point. Wow. So, you know, the Federation to me was a learning experience, but I feel bad for the guys now yeah. because they're drawing 30 boats per tournament. Yeah, that's there's, not good. There's political infighting. Right. It's just not the Federation that we had. Back in the day. Yeah, you know, there's so much politics involved in it now where, as when we fished it, you know, everybody was fishing it for the fun of it yeah. and for the education. Yeah. You know, um, the relationships that you book, that you that you developed back then, you know, were, were awesome. And, you know, in our case, you know, you know, not to jump ahead, but there was a bunch of us that turned pro out of that group. You know that we stayed together and did, yeah. did a lot of things together, and we're all still friends. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I don't know if you knew this, but in my book, I refer to the five of us as the Ugly Clan. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. I should did that. Yeah, yeah. Me, the cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were amazing times. They were amazing times. Oh, it was times. fun. It was so much. Yeah. Fun. So let's not get to that point yet. Okay. I, I want to talk about a little bit about because when you started fishing the Federation, later the Invitationals, and now you, you know you've you've won opens. You fished at the top level. Now you're getting ready to fish the FLW Tour, potentially. Did, was this always a dream? Because let everybody know your background. You 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 weren't thrust into this as a pro angler. You had a job before 
Right. You you started right. doing all and, yep. and and while you were doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And what what what, what was your job? Uh, I was a police officer. Okay. Okay. Oh, th- uh, did the Twitter lines just light up, Brian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. You're calling from jail yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't have to bring everything up. Brian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, and you know a lot of the for a lot of the events that I was working, I was working shift work when I first started fishing the Federation, and I would either beg or borrow some time to get off, get somebody to come in early for me. Yeah. I'd be working midnights, you know, and leave the station at two or three o'clock in the morning to drive to a tournament, fish all day. Then go back home and go back to work. Yeah. You know, so uh, it was uh, my whole goal back then was to fish the Federation, learn as much as I possibly could. And when I got my 25 years in as a police officer, that hopefully then I would know enough and be comfortable enough to retire. Right. And go into professional fishing. Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is, is uh, you and Pete uh, were, were the main focus of it. You know, you everybody wanted to fish the Invitationals. Yeah. Um, in um, in '98. Yeah. And uh, fished the whole season. The whole circuit. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't think I was ready for it, and and uh, you could probably argue that I still wasn't, you know, today that I wasn't ready for it. But you guys convinced me that I should do it, and I was ready to do it, and um, somehow I I qualified for the top 150. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you did. Yeah. Uh, Soli did. Yeah. Mark Schaefer, Pete. So now we're going to just continue to travel together. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, though? Uh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Brian, did you realize that, Brian the Carpenter? What's that? That all of us qualified for the top 150 in the same year. All of us from New Jersey. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. Isn't that, that's, that's that's an amazing feat? That's a pretty amazing It is amazing. Right there. It know? is amazing. And think about the environment, the, the context, the environment back then. Because bass fishing now, you know, we're here 2015, is not what it was back in 98 mm-hmm. in 98 uh, there still was a little bit of a stigma for guys in the northeast do you agree with that oh absolutely yeah absolutely we were still yankees yeah we were yankees we still we are long. yankees we still this are was, yankees yeah. Oh, yeah. okay this was yeah. a good old boy um uh profession yeah and um we we were kind of outcasts coming yeah in. especially when a large group came in <laughs> yeah. we couldn't win oh know? yeah so uh Every, um, everybody was holding their wallets after we started fishing. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. We was holding their wallets all of a sudden. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot of funny looks and a lot of funny comments Yeah. coming in the way we did. Man, so. it, I, I've got so many amazing memories of the Invitational days and, and those early top 150s. But I, I, I got to – we've talked about this so many times over the years, and I want to talk about it on air, is the normal routine – when we would stay together, the normal, uh, especially the normal eating routines where we would stay together. And I want to tell everybody, for those of you that don't know Dave, uh, he's an amazing cook. In addition to one of the guys we stayed with is a top professional trained chef. So we, we travel with two, you and, you and, and, uh, Teddy and Teddy. Yeah. Amazing chefs. And, you would cook almost every night. You would cook these very amazing meals. Uh, but I wouldn't participate in any of that. No. Well, no. <laughs> so, so, Brian. <laughs> would you participate in eating it? Yeah. Uh, no. 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 It, it was all gone by yeah. the time I got back. Well, uh, I got you. that's not completely true. <laughs> okay. So, Teddy's a trained chef. Right. All right. I, I'm a hacker. I can put a pretty decent meal together from time to time, but Teddy's a trained chef, so we would trade off. He would cook one night, I'd cook the other, 
And uh, Mike had this habit of, you may remember the days of the old black Suburban? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, on the passenger seat of that old black Suburban was a a cooler that was both AC and DC. Kind of like its owner. uh, Exactly. (laughs) I know where you're going. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So so Mike would always go to like Arby's. Arby's was your favorite. Arby's, Wendy's, McDonald's. And just load that cooler with... You know, burgers and roast yeah. beef sandwiches. Yeah, order, and fries. order a dozen at the time. Yeah, at yeah, time. just load it up with them, and they would stay in that cooler. Yeah. So now we cook a meal, and we'd leave, you know, we'd leave a, a portion for him. Yeah. So because Mike, I mean, he's the same today, dawn to dark. Yep. Yep. Dawn yep. to dark, no doubt. Okay. No doubt. So we, you know, we'd all be done. We'd be done with our tackle. We'd be done with our food. And finally, an hour later, Mike would come in, you know. Yeah. And uh, we'd offer him dinner. And, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And, of course, he'd bring in that stack of rods, you know, <laughs> and, and throw maps on the floor everywhere yeah. and start studying and pull out those cold fries and those cold sandwiches. Glamorous oh. life. Yeah. So oh. that's how you keep that figure, I right. guess. Right. Absolutely. Not, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It so, doesn't make any sense. So, I yeah, need to talk to Everybody else really this. enjoyed the food. But yeah. Mike, the food was not a priority. It's not. So, yeah, yeah, I actually, I, I wasn't just the burgers and the Arby's. I actually got on a microwave pizza kick too. Yes. And yes. I, and I developed a nickname after that, pizza eater. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, pizza, that's yeah. funny. I actually got a, uh, a question uh, on the Facebook. Um, ties in with what we're talking about here. Uh, Joe Allen from Australia. Wow. Dave, wow. how bad was Mike's diet back when you guys were on tour? McDonald's, etc. For a whole week. Yeah, yeah. So somehow he knew. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Worst diet in the world. Your uh, disgusting diet made it to Australia, hard, Mike. Yeah. Hard wow. To, hard to believe you could survive this long eating the way you Yeah. Did. You shouldn't I, even I'm be alive. Ba- I, well, I'm barely hanging in there. Yeah. I think I have a couple And I'll years guarantee left. you had really had nothing to eat in the boat, did you? No, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yep. You didn't no. stop. No, no food and no water. Yeah. Yep. Dehydrate That's myself. really good. Yeah, no, no, no protein going in you. <laughs> Things have changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that intake is more important yeah. nowadays. <laughs> nowadays. Uh, I fished champagne with you two years ago. We practiced for five days straight, and you're just like, get in the boat. You're like, oh, don't worry. I got plenty of snacks. I got plenty of snacks. Yeah. His plenty of snacks is weak supply I went through in one day. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, I got to eat. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. He just survives off of the adrenaline body. The and body anger. gets used yeah. to it. The body gets used to it. Hey, let me, uh, Brian, can we do a, let's do a couch shot too, real quick. Let me let everybody know. We've got some other special guests in the room. R- real quick, I want to, I want to go down and, and announce who's in the room. We've got, uh, two of, uh, Dave's really good friends, Jeff and Nancy, in the room tonight. Uh, and Dave's better half, who I know very well, sitting on the end, Andy. Uh, and enjoying the conversation tonight with us. How it's about awesome. that? It's awesome uh, having brought you. Brought my right? own crowd. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Cheering normal, section. Yeah, we're normally lonely on these, and yeah. we actually have a crowd tonight. Yep. I like that. I, I Can I just give them a quick shout-out, Jeff and Nancy? For sure. Jeff and I have actually been very close friends since we were eight years old. Wow. Still did a lot of fishing together when we were younger, and... Uh, he and his lovely bride, Nancy, are celebrating their 41st uh, wedding anniversary. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. That's good to hear. <laughs> 41. Something, yeah. something to aspire to, Brian the Carpenter. That's an accomplishment. There. How are you? Brian, you got some years going on now. What are you at? 
15. Got okay. 16 this year. Good job, Bry. Yeah. That's good. I yeah. see his wife and I say, man, there must have been slim pickings in that town. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 16 yeah. goes by so fast, you know? Yeah. Brian married up big time on big that one. Big time. Big time on that one. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right. So let's – I, I want to flash forward uh, and – you decided uh, – I, I want to talk about the open win. I want to go to that because, to me – and I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, but that event from a lot of the opens I ever fished was one of the most difficult tournaments I've ever fished in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the most one of the most impressive wins I've ever seen. Uh, you know, people all the time say – Oh, yeah, you know, it's an open. It's not an elite. And I always yell at them because I I feel like in an open event like that, you've got as good, if not better, competition because of the locals. And then you've got, of course, a handful of pros. There were probably 20 tour-level guys fishing that event. Yes. That several was, several class, classic champions. Yeah. That yeah. was so freaking impressive. I want you to Thanks. talk a little bit about that win. Thanks. Talk, talk about leading up to it. Did you know you were going to win that tournament going Absol- into that event? Absolutely not. No idea. I I thought um, two weeks prior to that event, uh, Soli and I actually fished a team tournament on the Upper Chesapeake, and uh, he lost a fish right at the end of the day that would have won it for us. Um, but we were flipping shallow, lay-down trees. Yeah. And um, the, you could tell the fish were moving up the spawn. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that that was going to be the deal yeah. in that tournament. But we'd gotten so much cold, rainy weather leading up to it. And the week prior to the event, we were in uh, um, Alabama for um, Neely Henry for a PAA event. Yep. And actually, that event taught me something. I, I caught him really good the first day in that event. And then I caught a th- outthought myself the second day. Uh, we had a lot of rain. We actually had a day canceled because of tornadoes and rain, and the, the 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 third day when everybody fished because of the cancellation, instead of going back to where I caught the caught fish the first day, um, there were a lot of uh, areas where you could find tubes and run-ins, you know, coming yeah. underneath roadways and stuff. And I knew that they were gonna that there was gonna be a lot of water pushing through there, and I'd caught some fish in practice doing that with just a slight current coming through. Yeah. And I really thought with the heavier current, I was going to be able to catch them. And, uh, man, it just didn't work out. And by the time I got to where I caught them the first day, yeah. it was over there, right. you know. Um, so it taught me not to leave f- fish to find fish. Right. Really. Golden rule. The golden rule. Yeah. I mean, I got bit by it big time. So when we get to uh, the upper Chesapeake, if you remember, it was brutally cold. It was raining. Yeah. It was terrible. It was miserable. I, oh, yeah. I didn't get a bite doing no, anything that terrible. I thought I was going get, to yeah. get a bite on. Yeah. Um, you know, you could catch some of those, sm- you know, the non-keepers uh, on some of the, the pea gravel banks and things of that nature. But um, years prior, I had fished a Federation tournament there. Another lesson from the Federation. Yep. And uh, I'd caught them off some rock piles up in the Susquehanna. So um, with about, oh, maybe four hours in the final day uh, before the meeting, I went up to those rock piles, and I threw a jig on them, and I got a bite. And I was like, wow. And it felt like a pretty good one. Yeah. So I went to another one. I got another bite. I went to another one. I got another bite. <clears throat> and that time I set the hook, and it was a five and a half. Wow. Yeah. Toad. Wow. You know, then. I mean, yeah. I hadn't seen anything like that during practice. So uh, so I went to two more, 
and the current coming down the Susquehanna was really heavy, um, and it was steady going over top of those rock piles. And I learned that I needed a half-ounce jig would be carried over and past the rock pile. Yeah. The fish were tight to the rock piles. Yep. So I needed a heavier jig, and I put three-quarters on, and I ended up I ended up getting those bites. And I got a couple more bites after I hooked that one, and I said, well, I'm just going to go do this. I've got... Yeah. You know, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. And uh, if you remember that last day of practice, it was about 35 degrees. The wind was blowing about 30 miles an hour. The rain was going sideways. And I, I prided myself in the fact that you and I had put in at the same place. And I actually came in after you had come wow. off the water. Good job, so, Dave. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I was shivering. I, I needed a blanket. It was freezing. You couldn't tie. Your, your hands yeah. were so cold, you couldn't tie your yeah. face. You know, so... um you know, the first day of the tournament, um, Pete and I were staying together. And, uh, you know, I asked him what he was going to do. And, you know, he said, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, I got these bites. I'm going to. And I had spent, after getting the bites, I had spent quite a bit of time using the side imaging, which was relatively new then. Graphing around, looking Graphing for more Graphing all rocks. the way up to the 95 bridge and yep. all that stuff and looking around and um, found some more rock piles and, you know, uh, waypointed them all. And, uh. I said, you know, I'm going to go give this a shot and see what happens. And, I mean, I I probably had, in the first hour, I probably had 14 pounds in the boat, which was a complete shock to me. Yeah. You know. In that tournament, and, yeah. that was a great start. Yep. Yeah. And then I caught one about six. You know. Wow, um, man. And, and, and then I called a couple more times. And, you know, I ended up with 19-something that first day. But I was... I was actually in fifth place. Right. You know, there was a couple 22-pound bags come, came in. Frank Scalish caught big one of them. Big bag of smallmouth. Big, big bag of smallmouth. Yep. yep. Um, Curtis Richardson from Ontario, Canada. Um, he's a All-American champion yep. now. Um, he he caught, you know, a heck of a bag around the railroad bridges there in uh, Harvard Grace. Yep. So, uh I went out the second day, you know, I'm I'm just going to, this is what I'm doing, because everybody was crying about how, oh, yeah. you know, you just couldn't catch a keeper. Yeah. Um, what, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of is uh, Hackney always says to me, I even to this day will say, I don't know how the heck you caught them fish. You know, <laughs> you, you know that Louisiana draw, yeah. I just don't know how you caught them fish. You know? <laughs> and he nods. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, because uh, he never caught a keeper during the tournament. Wow. So, um the second day I went out, and uh, I caught them off, of, caught a couple off of some different rock piles, and uh, ended up with 17 pounds that day, and was completely shocked that I was in the lead. But I was the only one to bring a limit in both the, both days. Yeah, it started tapering. 196 off. anglers, the only guy to bring in a limit both wow. days. So you know, it that's what I call a tough tournament. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um. I didn't catch a limit any of the three days. I remember. I specifically remember that. I think I caught like two, three, and two or something. Right. And still made a check. So it was tough. Yeah. Well, you still made the top, the finals. Right? Yeah. So I did. Yeah. Yep. So um, so the final day, they weren't. That was a Saturday. They weren't pulling water. There was no water running through the dam. Wow. And man, it, now I remember this because I I remember the last day. And this is an interesting story. I don't know if you knew this, and correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe it wasn't you. But I remember being at a spot, like, somewhere up in the Elk, and I thought I saw you run up there on the last day. You did. And I remember thinking to myself, Brian, this is, I still have a memory. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck is he doing up here? Because at that point, I knew where you were catching him. Yeah. 
And I'm like, why is he up here? I'm like, oh, shit. He's he's struggling. He's not catching him. Yep. But then you, you didn't stay long, right? I never made a cast. Talk about that. I never made a cast. Okay, talk about that. It was... Uh, so you left. So you I started left. on your juice, and there was no current. It wasn't happening. Nothing. And then you made a decision to change. It was probably change. somewhere close to 11 o'clock. And you had zero. I never had a bite. Holy Not shit. Not one bite. Wow. So I ran down to, uh, is it VZ? VZ Cove. VZ Cove. Yep. Uh, that's a cove that Soli and I had done well in two yeah. weeks earlier. And I said, well, maybe something's changed. I'll go. I'll run down there. Well, it was dead low tide, and it was horrible looking. Absolutely horrible looking. Dirty. And that's when, and the whole way I'm driving over there, driving down there, you know, it's about a 20-minute run, yeah, it's you a know, good run. across the bay. Yeah. So I'm driving, and I'm thinking, this is stupid. This is stupid. Yeah. Don't, you know, you shouldn't. And I got down here, and I looked at things, and I remembered the week prior on Neely Henry, you know, where I had left fish to go find fish. Yeah. And I spun right around. and um, So you never made a cast. Never made a cast. Wow. You know what? Uh, you know Ryan Smith. Yeah. Ryan Smith was my co-angler. Okay. Yeah. The whole time we're fishing, Ryan's like, dude, just take it easy. Don't get frustrated. It's going to happen. He was so supportive. It was absolutely incredible. Wow. And whatever I was throwing out, he'd throw at the other out the other direction. Yeah. You know, it was just awesome, awesome That's awesome. awesome, That's awesome. So uh, I just turned around. And when I got back up into the Susquehanna, we weren't there very long at all. And saw the current starting to move. Ah, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a little special feature on that um, wing dam up by the apartments. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with the special feature there. Yeah. But uh, I went up there, and it was actually a boat there, a guy that had been in the tournament but didn't make the cut. Yeah. And he was fishing. Douchebag. Uh, Jared Lloyd. <laughs> and uh, was it really? I don't know the guy's name, but Jared Lloyd. But I, I was a douchebag. I, I was. Wasn't really happy to see him sitting there, but he was kind enough to give me the spot, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, he right. did. I heard this he did recognize yeah. that I was leading the tournament, yeah. and he was a gentleman, and he moved yeah. off of it. Yeah, right, I apologize. And, uh, I caught uh, gentleman douchebag. <laughs> I caught. Um, I ended up catching one about two and a half there. Then I caught one about five, and then I caught uh, one another one. I ended. I ended up with three fish. Now, this is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I don't have... At 12.30, I don't have a fish. At 12.30? I don't have a fish. What? what, what Not were a you, bite. What were you thinking at 12.30? I, I'm thinking uh, I have screwed this thing up. <laughs> it's, uh, I've and, felt that and, so many you know, times. Yeah, and, and you're just going to feel horrible walking up on that stage. You know, yeah. the walk of death yeah. you know, up there. And it's just... And and the the only thing you know again Ryan was like dude just relax it's gonna happen yeah. you know yeah. just make sure when you get that bite you know you don't get too jumpy you know and yeah. he was a great great guy it's I couldn't awesome. you couldn't have had anybody better in the boat yeah. with, you know he settled you down he oh kept yeah focused. he kept yeah. me focused so shout out to Ryan by the yeah, way yeah absolutely yeah absolutely That's I love awesome. that guy wow so um so I catch one about two and a half and then I I catch one about five but um uh he got into something that i had to get him out of yeah and, and then the then i catch the the third one who's actually in the brush under it gets hung up in some brush underneath the boat the the fluorocarbon is just 
shredded. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this ain't going to happen. I'm not getting this fish out of here. And all of a sudden, he popped out and, wow. and uh, Ryan netted him. And I ended wow. up with uh, 10 15. Oof. For three okay, fish. For three fish. Yep. So you only weighed three the last day. Yep. It had 10-15. Yep. Did you know coming in when you came in with those three fish? Oh, no, no. There's a whole – there's more to the story. Okay. So I go uh, – I get in, and I'm thinking, Andy's with me. She goes, you got him? I go, no. No, I don't. I'm thinking I've I've lost this thing. Yeah. Do you, you know? remember this, Andy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so Frank Scalish jumps in my boat, and he says, you got him? And I go, no, Frank, I don't. And he goes, really? You know? I go, no, I don't. He goes, I said, I said, you got him? He goes, no, but I got it. I go, it? What's it? He goes, oh, I got one about five, five and a half. And I go, well, I, I got one about that big. And now he hugs me, he leaps all over me. Dude, yeah. you did it. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And I'm like, Frank, oh, take a time out. You know, don't, don't, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah. There was, Christ, was two 22-pound bags earlier, right. you know? So, uh. He's like, no, nah, I'm telling you, man, you won. I'm so happy for you. And I'm like, Frank, calm down, man. Yeah. This, is, this is no way done, you know? Yeah. So uh, I get up, eventually I get up to the weigh-in thing, and Pee-wee's there. You remember Pee-wee? Oh, yeah. Pee-wee Powers. Yeah. So Pee-wee, he looks in my back, and then he looks up at me, and he goes, how late were you? And I looked at him. I go, Pee Wee, don't you dare fuck with me now. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's so and wrong. And he just starts laughing. He goes, you got it. I go, don't even go there. All right? Yeah. You Don't even go there. He goes, what do you mean don't go there? I've looked at all the bags. You're the last one. You got it. Well, about that time, I just started crying. Yeah. You know? It hit you at that moment. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I had lost my mom at Christmas the year before. Yeah. Um, I had just had surgery for prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot going on in my life yeah. at that time. Um, it, it, that victory couldn't have happened at a better time for me. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was so overwhelming. And, and you know, the reaction that you get from people. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, obviously I didn't have the crowd. I wish I'd thought about what you did at Philly, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, we Stage had a great, we had, and I don't say, I don't, I don't want to demean anything. We had a great crowd there. a good there, crowd. Oh, and they absolutely. were fabulous. I mean, oh, everybody yeah. wanted to talk to you. Everybody wanted you to sign something, you know. I was and, there. And to be to be that person that they want to talk to yeah. and meet and whatnot was just, I mean, it's a, it's a feeling you never forget. Yeah, that's you know? that's amazing. It yep. was an amazing win. You know, and and a lot of what you talked about, uh, and I, I want to get everybody's opinion on this too. A lot of what you talked about, it's like uh, the way that day unfolded, the way your practice and everything unfolded. Do do you feel like? It's like stuff's meant to be when it happens like that. No, no doubt. You can't stop it, you right? You can't. Do you, you believe can't. that, Andy? Yeah, when it's your day, it's your day. It is, right? Yeah. Brian Carpenter, you believe that? Yeah, I mean, it's never happened, but I'm sure if it did, <laughs> it would be amazing. Nothing good's ever yeah. happened to Brian. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, that last fish that I caught, now now I ended up winning by six pounds. That's a lot. That's Which a lot was a in lot. any tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But. I mean, you don't know that. Yeah. And the last fish I caught, my line was shredded for probably 10 or 12 yeah. feet. Wow. And you know what fluorocarbon is once it's shredded. I Definitely. mean, it never holds yeah. up. Yeah. I can relate well, to that. That happened a lot on the Delaware River last mm-hmm. year. It happened a lot to me. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. So it, it, you got to think it, it was meant to be. If they never turned that water on, I was done. Yeah. You know, but I had to have that moving water in order to catch yeah. those fish. 
Man, what a cool win! Yeah, what a cool it was win. awesome. It was. You know, you know the 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 fun the the greatest thing is, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. But you know, uh, Andy was in her own car, so I'm driving by myself. The phone's ringing off the hook. Oh yeah. You know. And I, and I've got my trophy seat belted seat in. Seat belted in. Yep. Yeah. So you awesome. Know, and you it? keep every now and then you keep looking over like, holy shit, that really is a yeah. trophy over there. You know, I want uh, this damn thing. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I've seat belted mine in a lot, and uh, the best story I have is when I won the classic. I don't know if you ever heard me tell the story. We were in New Orleans that year. Yeah, I was there with and, you. Yeah, we we went out <clears> partying <throat> that night and you know drinking all night. Literally walked back, did a photo shoot, didn't get any sleep came back and I remember like kind of stumbling back into the hotel room and it was me, Pete and McGraw sleeping in the same hotel room just like a frat house and there's just dirt uh, trash all over, normal stuff from back (laughs) in the day and there on top of the bureau was the classic trophy? Bassmaster Classic Champion with a pair trophy. of dirty underwear <laughs> hanging off the top of the fish. That's a true story. I'll never forget that. How disrespectful! And they definitely weren't my underwear because there was a brown streak in the ass of those underwear. They're Pete's. They were definitely Pete's because he talks to himself and he shits his yeah. pants. So it was, was, there, was there like an F and a B on it? You know, one side had the F, one had the B. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. Uh, that's awesome. Not like having a classic trophy uh, with dirty underwear on it. Let me remind you, we're uh, we're doing a special episode of Ike Live. Uh, Dave Mansu, special guest tonight. If you want to talk to us, if you want to comment, hit us up on our social media account at Ike Live Show, Twitter or Facebook, and not Instagram because Brian is anti-Instagram. But no, Facebook, no, Twitter, Instagram is awesome. I just. Uh... All right, I'll try to find it. I'll, I'll, I'll check the Instagram account. <laughs> I'm making it work back there. He's panicking. Uh, Bright. I do have a question coming in from, from a fan. Oh, you do? Well, hit us up. What do you got? All right. Uh, Michael Berry. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Let's see. Where's this at? Uh, what's what's your guys' take on fishing the Opens versus the Fed Nation to qualify to make the Elites? And and how to go about sponsorships and blah blah blah. But I, I basically, you know, this course versus that. Yeah. Well, I I mean there are two routes, right? I think the opens. Uh, and which which would you say is easier? Well, I don't I I I don't think either of them are easy. Well, but one's, one's easier. Well here well here's the deal. There's more places to get into the elites through the opens than right. the federation. Right now, you're talking about as it currently stands today. Well, sure. Yeah, okay, because you can – there's five spots for, for each, the elites. Each division. Through each division of the Opens. And then, of course, if there's double qualifiers, it'll bump down. Actually, it bumped down to eight, I think, in the Southerns this year. Because uh, I heard Chad Grig- Grigsby got in, and he ended oh, up okay. eight. So, so the Opens, for sure, is an easier way to get in. Not that it's easy, but it's easier. Right. And you have more opportunities. More opportunities, right. And the Federation Nation, as it stands right now – the Is only it a Bass Nation? Bass Nation. That's what I meant. Sorry. Only one guy gets to go from the Bass Nation, and that's the winner of the Nation Championship. Yeah, Opens has to be way easier. I so, mean, you just have right. to win one event. Well, the, there's there's more slots. And you only have to win. Oh. And you only have to win one event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you this, and and Dave, you tell me if you agree or disagree. I can tell you that Thank making the classic. Through the old time federation or the nation now, whatever you want to call it, 
is in my opinion one of the hardest ways to make the classic no because doubt. of all the guys you got to work work through. Do you agree? Absolutely. And the time period you have to do it over. Right. You know, it's not like it's over once once in one short period where yeah. you know um for instance, in the Texas Rayovacs this this year, and it's probably I, I, I probably shouldn't relate it to the opens, but you know we were done by April. You know, right? Those those shorter period of time. Those yeah. Bass Nation events take they go over. You you're basically qualifying for the divisional in one year, then you fish the divisional, then you go to the national the following year. I mean, mm. it's over a very long period of time. So uh, yeah. absolutely, much more difficult. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What you. you you speak from experience. You know how it's difficult. That yeah. that's um, you know, it's considered an amateur, uh, you know, league. But I tell you, you know, to work through all those guys and yeah. I, again, I can vividly remember fishing against, you know, you and Schaefer and and all those guys that were so amazing. To work through them and then to get to the next level and work through all the other states and their best guys. Sure. Very very difficult a- way to do. Absolutely. It. And you know, the only difference between many of those guys that fish, you know, the the Bass Nation and whatnot, is the fact that they they either don't have the means to fish at the higher levels, yeah. or there's a work or family situation that occurs where, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys are they're sticks now. Oh yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. They're sticks. They're sticks. They're sticks. I'm right, gonna switch it here. I wanna I wanna <clears throat> gonna ask you a strange question, and you have to answer. Oh, you God. you always have to answer questions <laughs> on Ike Life. You can't ignore true, anything. Yes. Right? Can't ignore anything. <laughs> or I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up myself. Yeah, Brian will dig it up. He's got Google back there. He can Google search anything. Oh, boy. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, in two of your professions, your uh, your time as a police officer and your time as a professional angler, I want you to give me your most combative situation each one. So uh, I want an experience from your police officer days where you got into a trussle. You know, Tr- just this... Trussle? Weird situation, and I want you to give me one from your fishing tournament days where you got into some weird situation. It could be anything, just combative, weird, a fight with somebody. Start with your police days. Anything weird and crazy that you can legally talk about tonight on Ike Live? <laughs> <laughs> on the spot. Oh, and now you've told me a lot before. You've it's told me some weird here, stuff, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna bring any of them up. But I want you to tell me a weird one. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's that weird, and you can actually look it up. Uh, but um, probably one of my most exciting nights ever was, um, uh, according at that time, according to FBI statistics, I was part of uh, the first non-airline mobile hostage situation in u.s history wow uh, where where a guy that i had locked up took an ambulance crew hostage and it was an all-night uh incident yes um i was later on uh the tv show rescue 911 where we we reenacted that uh entire night um you know fortunately nobody was seriously hurt yeah but uh there were hostages that i got out of the ambulance myself that night and uh there were there were Police cars wrecked and ambulances wrecked and yeah. there was a lot going wow. on that night. So uh, wow, it was uh, it was pretty exciting. Now I just got a Twitter my my let me let me check this my Twitter signal just went off <laughs> and this is Tony is asking is it true that in that rescue 911 reenactment is it true they asked Tom Cruise to play your part? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a Jersey boy, of course. Right. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Tom Cruise is from Jersey? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh god. He's from oh god. He said <laughs> he's from dumb. Wayne, New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. What's the matter, no. Brian? You're not a Tom Cruise fan? Nah. What are you talking about? He's got one front tooth. What? You ever look at his smile? No. He's got one front tooth. One tooth? I'll Google it. Oh, I'll Google it. Carry Put on. it up on the screen. But but I, I do have a bone to pick with him, Brian. In the last War of the Worlds movie that he did, yeah. he never mentioned my hometown. Yeah. Grover's Mill, New Jersey. That's where the Martians landed in the original uh, War of the Worlds broadcast, radio okay. broadcast. And he yep. didn't mention that. So never mentioned it. Oh, let's call him yep. up and yell at him for yeah. that. So. Uh, so that's a good one. That's mm-hmm. a good one on the police side. Not, and now we need to hear one on the fishing side. Same thing. Anything over the years, and and I'm I'm looking for more dirt here. Like any fisticuffs on the water, or you know, like a Bob Soley encounter. <laughs> well, every trip with Bob Soley is is, yeah. is a bad one. I kept Soley out of a few of them. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I think that's probably why his family liked that we were partners. But you know, Bob always said the only reason he fished with me is so he could tell a cop to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I believe that. Yeah, that's typical solely. I but, do believe that. You know, uh, you know, Mike. I, I guess I've been fortunate. Um, you know, we all have some disagreements from time to time on the water. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. You know the nature of the beast because the competition is so high. Uh, but I I've only had one incident on the water where um, it it got pretty ugly. Uh, not really something I'm completely proud of, but I stood my ground and yeah. and um, I I think uh, I did want to I did want it to go further once I hit the bank. Right. Uh, fortunately, it didn't. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. You know, you pull up on a spot that you've been fishing for three days, and there's a guy Dave there. Dave Lefebvre was there. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, it wasn't Lefebvre, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm probably you know you know I, I do have a great story about Dave. Oh yes. Okay. We we were in one of those stories. We were fishing Okeechobee one year, and the lake was really really low, and the only place you could really fish was in the canal. And uh, I happened to be. I, I remember that year. I stopped yeah. in, a, in an area, and from a half a mile away comes this boat flying right at me, and it's Dave. <laughs> and he starts screaming at me, you know, that he's fishing this area. You know, he's worse than Biffle, for God's oh sakes. Right? <laughs> so, Did he protest you after so, this? So I look at him, and he was leading a tournament, uh-huh. okay? So I look at him, I go, Dave, you know me. All right. All you got to do is ask. Would you just shut up? You know, I'll give you the area, and that's basically what right. how it happened. But yeah. he finally calmed down. Yeah. You know, we he uh, he did. I don't think he did not win that tournament. J.T. Uh, oh. Kenny ended up winning. That okay. Tournament. Yep. That's right. I remember yep. that. Yep. yep. Right. So. The picture you just had up there a second ago. Uh, can you flip that back up now? Yeah, put, yeah, 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 let's yeah. put on. Here is a picture of Dave Lefevre. <laughs> here he goes. Dave Lefevre and yeah. his giant tooth. Yeah. You see the center tooth? Right. It's just yeah. one big tooth. Right there, right in the middle. Well, look, Beck, we have a picture of Dave Lefevre up on the screen right now. He's a Scientologist. Yeah. He's a Scientologist. <laughs> Might be. Lefevre's a Scientologist. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to Google no that. He made too. the elites this year. He did make the elites this year. Because yeah, of Scientology. Because of Scientology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Google it back. I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let's keep talking, Dave. So, how many years? So, let's flash forward again. And what year did you make the move and uh, renounce your citizenship in New Jersey and move to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it was 2009. 2009? Yes. Okay. I Rebel. retired from the police department in 2008. Yeah. And uh, uh, Andy and I bought a ho- had bought a home on Toledo Bend Reservoir in Texas. And, uh, yeah. We made the move. Yeah. Now, t- t- I mean, has that – to me, that's an amazing place to live. It's a mecca of bass fishing. You know, when it comes to, you know, lakes, when you think of historical lakes, you think of Okeechobee. Uh, you think of Champlain, but Toledo Bend is one of those lakes. Absolutely. Has it been an amazing experience living on that oh, lake? Oh, absolutely. And and you can't forget, 30 miles away is Rayburn. Right. You know, so you have two of the best bass lakes in the country, which is, you know, one of the re- main reasons why I picked that area. Yeah. Um, but uh, Toledo is kind of, you know, despite, you know, the elites being there, it's, it, you know, I, I would suspect it's going to get... A bit more attention this year because it was voted the number one bass lake in the country. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, by Bassmaster Magazine. Wow. So uh, I believe that we're probably going to see this spring, you know, a lot more boats. But overall, it's kind of overlooked. You know, Lake yeah. Fork is the crown jewel of Texas parks and wildlife, and and uh, you know, you catch some, you, well, you fish some TTBCs there. there yeah. There's some amazing fish in that lake. Yeah. But Toledo's really, it's kind of it doesn't get the attention it deserves, which for me is nice. Yeah. You know, um, they have a program on Toledo, which is kind of unique. Um, there's a uh, the uh, Toledo Bend Lake Association. If you catch a bass 10 pounds or larger and it's weighed at an official scale on the lake um, and then tagged and released, they'll give you a fiberglass replica of the That's fish. That's right. That's right, because it happened to Ish Monroe, Ish Monroe. that year. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was a 10... 10-15. 10-15. Wow. Which happens to be the same weight of the New Jersey State record, Brian. You know, I just uh, I just heard a bunch of crap about that. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm digging into a story right now about that. There's there's a lot of conspiracy, a lot of conspiracy theories about that about the New Jersey about the State size record. of the fish. Wow. Uh, about the legitimacy of it. Wow. It actually was not caught at Mananico Sampons. Oh, That's yeah, what it was of, listed as in the book. A lot of, I'm working on it. Wow. So it's a hot breaking story. Okay. Wow. We'll have to hear more about that. Yeah. Could be could be like breaking news on uh, Ike Live. Yeah, we're, I'm, work, I'm working All on right. it. Wow. I'm digging right. in. Wow. So with this program in um, 2013, they gave away uh, 59 of those records. Wow. Wow. In 2014, it was 65. And from and it, the program runs from I believe it's from May to May. Yeah. Uh, so this past year they gave away 81. Holy shit. 81. Whoa. That's a good testament to the quality. Absolutely. Of and here's the other thing for for those of you watching that don't know the sheer size of Toledo <laughs> Bend, it's a freaking giant. Yeah. It's a giant, and on top of that, there are trees everywhere. Yep. Which. You know, that's got to be part of the reason for that, right? Because navigation it's, and all yeah. that's it's tough. A lot of people don't like to fish it because of the navigation issues. Yeah. Um, and you really, you know, if you don't know the lake, you have to stay in the boat lanes. And once you get out of the boat lane, you need to idle wherever you're going. Right. There are places you can run out of the boat lanes. and But it takes quite a while to, you know, not, not you know, you don't have to be like Harold Allen and be there, you know, since uh, Jesus was a baby. Since the 30s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh 
But, you know, Harold lives on the lake as well, but he's 50 miles away. I mean, it takes me an hour right, to get to his house. He's on the north end of the lake. Yeah. The lake is 186,000 acres. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, How about it's, that? It's over 70 miles long. So. 70 miles long? Yeah. That's, a, that's the length of the Delaware River. And that's it, pretty much the whole state of New Jersey. Yeah. could fit into yeah. that lake. Well, it's pretty You know, Texas, you know, I try to put things in perspective for people. Oh, here we go. Here we go to Texas. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're going to appreciate this, Brian. (laughs) All right, carry on. When we we fished the invitationals and things, you know, you'd run down to the St. John's River and all that stuff. You know, I'd leave my home in Robbinsville, and in 14, 14 half hours, it could be in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Well, you can't drive from Amarillo, Texas, to Brownsville, Texas in 14 hours. Definitely not. No. Can't do it. It's a giant state. Yeah, it's 16 plus. Beck loves the state of Texas when we're driving through it because it's so big. She just loves it. She loves every you second. Just keep driving and driving. For the folks at home, I believe she shook her head no. She shook her head no. <laughs> and by the way, I was specifically told that we would never move to Toledo Bend because I I said this is a dream of mine one day. I'd like to have a place on Toledo Bend, and Rebecca said specifically would never move there. Because there's not a Nordy's within 100 miles. <laughs> so, just to let you know where her priorities lie. That's not just Texas. That's oh, anywhere. anywhere. Okay. Uh, there has to be uh, a Nordy's within 100 miles. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, you know, we we get all the time here, uh, and I'm biased, be, being from New Jersey and growing up like you here, that, you know, growing up in Jersey, learning how to fish here makes you a better angler, right? You learn... You know, a lot of techniques. You learn how to fish under tough, crowded conditions. When you moved to Texas and started fishing Toledo on a regular basis, did you learn new stuff there? Yes. You did? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You have to. Yeah. You know, um, just because of the sheer size of it, the scope of it. Um, But there's nothing, everything that you've learned here, you can apply there. You can. Absolutely. Yeah. It's transferable. Absolutely. It's yeah. completely transferable. Yep. Um, and and you're right. You know, we go from rivers to lakes, to, you know, glacier lakes here, tidal waters, everything. I mean, it's very diverse here. You have to be diverse. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the great thing about Toledo Bend and, and Rayburn's the same way is, you know, if you don't want to fish clear water, you run up up the lake or up the rivers yeah. and you can find the dirty water. Dirty you know, water if you don't want to fish grass, you can go up the rivers and things and fish just plain old structure and, and wood and whatnot. So there's a lot of diversity to those lakes as well. So yeah. you've got to you know, you, you gotta learn how to fish, you know, the the creek channel bends and you know, all that old stuff that you always read about, but yeah. in, a, in a glacier lake it's not really defined. Right. You know? Um but there and and there the wind can change the grass from year to year. It, it actually can change it from week to week. Yeah. So uh, you know you've got to be very diverse here. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I want you to tell the story and uh, I, I just found this interesting. I want you to relay it. A few years was it last year or a few years back? Uh, there was an Everstart on Toledo Bend, and a good friend of yours, Denny Brower, uh, stayed with you, and he won that tournament. Right. And that was kind of a weird deal how he found those fish. Tell everybody about that a little bit because this, this is interesting. I'm a huge Denny Brower fan, so this is interesting. Uh, he's the greatest. Yeah. He really is. But uh, By the uh, way, Denny's been on the show, too. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah we had Denny I was at his show. house when you had okay. him on the show. Okay, yep, yep. yep. Um, the, you know, going back to the comments earlier about if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Absolutely, yep. Well, this is a, this is a classic example of it. Uh, during practice... Denny was fishing, and um, he uh, got hung up on a stump with his boat. 
And you know how you take the trolling motor, you rock it back and forth trying to get the boat off. Yeah. And it finally came off the stump and immediately slammed into another one, causing him to lose his balance. And he fell backwards into the well of his ranger. Ooh. And uh, he he hit extremely hard, knocked his head on the on the cooler between the seats. Yeah. Um, and actually laid there pretty much completely out of breath. You know, wind knocked out of him for about 15 minutes. There was wow. a gentleman in the boat with him, luckily, and he just said, "Don't you know? Don't touch me." Uh, you know. So uh, he had uh, not long, maybe a year or so, maybe two years prior, had had a knee replacement. And um, when he got up. You know, his back hurt, his knee hurt, his neck hurt, everything hurt. And he would actually sit in our fireplace every night. We have a gas fireplace. Yep. And he'd sit as close to those flames as he could get without catching himself on fire. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, I think we brought the fire extinguisher out a couple of times. Wow. Expecting him yeah, to I was going to say, if he got caught up, I'd like yeah. love to have yeah. that video <laughs> of Denny Brower uh, on fire. Yeah. That would probably go viral. So the first day, that, and he was, he really contemplated dropping out right that's how he bad was he was hurt yeah yep. he was hurting so um he was one of the he was in the last flight on the first day of the tournament and he knew and the wind was blowing a, a bit and he knew that in the shape that he was in running through all the wakes when the boat's taken off that he was going to get hurt you know right. it was going to hurt him to do that yeah so he asked me he says hey is there any creek close by where you know maybe i can catch a couple fish so just south of Sandy or of Six Mile Creek is a small creek called Hickory. Uh, Johnny Cruz loves to fish in there a lot. Yeah. And uh, I told him, I said, you can probably go in there and catch, you know, you can catch 14 pounds, maybe 15 tops, but you can't win the tournament in there, you know. Yep. So the wakes were so bad, and he was so beat up by the time he got there. And it was just a couple miles up the lake. Yeah. He pulled in there, and a uh, couple flips into the into the boat docks, and he caught one. Caught like a six and a half or seven pound fish, you know, and then he proceeds to catch three more. It's having a great day. Didn't get any other bites, but it calmed down enough where he took a long ride all the way up to the Pendleton Bridge and he comes back to that very creek and catches his fifth fish and ends up with 19 pounds that wow. day. Wow. And is in the top five, I believe, in the, in the tournament. Yeah. But then that tuned him into the dock pattern. Dock pattern. And uh, my good friend Harold Allen always told me that if you're fishing docks on Toledo, you're fishing to lose. Well, the next day, Denny came in with almost 23 pounds and had lost one that he estimated was somewhere around 12 pounds. Wow. So, uh, you know, he had some giants on that day. Yeah. And then the final day, he caught 17 and won the tournament. You know, fish and so, docks. Fish and docks. Something on Toledo you never hear about. Yep, exactly. And and they were all close by because he didn't want to run anywhere because yeah. he was hurting so bad. Yeah. As it turns out, um, he later found out that he had actually broken the artificial knee. You're kidding me. No. Nope. Wow. And had to have that one replaced. That's unbelievable. So, so that's the kind of pain he can endure when he's catching them. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a story. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if so. he went back after that, after he won and all that, to thank those two stumps <laughs> for breaking his artificial knee and helping him achieve that win. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, uh, probably not. <laughs> amazing story. Amazing story. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, we got any, anything coming in? I see you pointing back there. Sure. What are you pointing at? Um... Do you think anyone will ever win Rookie of the Year and AOI in the same year? Wow. That's a great question. Uh, it's been done. Timmy Horton. Timmy Horton. The year that I turned pro. The same year I turned pro, which was 99. Right. Timmy Horton wow. did that. 
Yeah. That was the last thing he's ever won. It's the last thing he ever won. <laughs> yep. That was a no, great year. No, he's won after no, I'm that. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not nice. He was eating yeah. pizza at Champlain, remember? Yeah, well, they, they technically didn't have... I don't think they had rookie... Did they have rookie of the year back then? I don't think it was an official... It wasn't an official thing, thing. but he did he yeah. did do it back yep. then. And, and I think it'll be done again, for and, sure. And do you have any plans to fish any winter tournaments this year? Absolutely. I'm going to finish... Uh, I'm going to fish a handful of winter leagues. There's a Parvin's... Parvin's this Saturday coming up. Yeah. Definitely. You might, fishing that? I might fish it. We'll see. Oof. I, I got... And you know you've heard I've you've heard me say this, is Jersey becoming like Japan? Jersey is becoming like Japan. Seriously. Absolutely. I mean we're gonna go out on your lake on Sunday. Yeah. And what was the first thing you said? Six pound test grubs. Six pound test grubs. It's really getting that tight. It's getting tough. Yeah. More pressure. Really? More people. I, yeah. I Dude, think, these guys are hardcore, man. They fish all well, year that's, long. Well, that's the big difference. We were actually talking about that upstairs at dinner, which is here's the difference, Brian. Dave, Michael. when we were young, we had two ways to learn. You had camaraderie of a friend, right? Or joining a club. And you had the old school methods of research, which were magazines primarily, right? right? Old Bassmaster issues in milk crates. Mm -hmm. Dave, you used to look for your old magazines. But now, in today's age, right? 2015, you have these kids, 15 to 20 years old, coming up. With the f- internet, they've got all the knowledge. They've got it. everything at their fingertips. Yeah. Videos. They Google. They Google Nico rig. Well, I don't even know how to fish a Nico rig. <laughs> they Google search Nico rig, and in a, in a week, they've learned how to rig it, the baits to use, the techniques, the equipment, and they've watched it three times. They've taken it to the local pond and they've mastered the technique. Yep. It's amazing, isn't and, it? And they look at everything on Google Earth and. Set their own waypoints before they ever go out there. And it's, it's such just, a different world. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, I remember the early days of Red Man and Federation when I didn't have GPS in the boat yet. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Do you, also, still, do you still take your maps and section them I still day? do that. I'm big on paper maps. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, she's shaking her head because our office right now is all paper maps. <laughs> she wants that shit right. out of here immediately. Yep. Uh, I love paper maps yeah. still. Yeah. I still, even in today's I age, you studying those things oh, I still all hours them. of the night. I still use them. Yeah. I love. Them. I, I'm, I'm uh, twiddling in the Twitter. modern techniques right. of research now with uh, Google Earth and Bing Maps, but I still love paper maps. I really do. Awesome. Yeah. They're hard to find sometimes. They're hard to find. And Aaron Martins loves paper maps, but he actually uses the paper to roll his joints. That's so, a joke. It's a little different. <laughs> That's a funny joke right there. That's a funny joke. <laughs> that was good. But man. there's also so much information sharing. Like, like you know, before we would have a private lake, right? We would have, like, remember when we were in high school? We yeah. all had our secret lakes. Secret lakes. Held them tight to the chest. Tight to the we chest. Would go, we would go to Stella's. We would go to Bell's. We would go Axles. to Amanesson. But we didn't tell nobody. No. But now, it, Dude, they're, it's on Facebook that day. Again, it's an element of, of today's age. Social yep. media, the web. So there are no private spots. Well, you got, you spot got burn and fishity, right? Right, where you can you can put anything you want. Everybody's on there. sharing stuff, yeah. yep. downloading their spot on a map. It's yeah. it's crazy. It's yep. a different world. Uh, absolutely, it's a different world. Absolutely. And, and when you know every day you see people on Facebook holding up fish picks, you get the the urge, man. You just got to get back out there. Yeah. It's, just, it's this thing that builds, and I mean, yeah, the pressure's right. just incre- incredible around here. 
It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, let, Brian, you got any more questions? I, I got yes. something I would like to talk about. You do? Go One ahead. last question. Okay. Do you like shower blows? <laughs> and have you ever had a shower blow? I I love shower blows. Uh, shower blows is a lure uh, that was designed by Marizo Shimizu, who was here. It is an actual bait. It's actually a pencil popper. It's an amazing bait. Really hard to get. Tackle Warehouse used to carry them. They discontinued them. Hard to get. Have I ever received a shower blow? In the mail, of course. In the mail, of course. I got. I used to get them from Tackle Warehouse when they carried them. Wow. Yeah. Fair enough. He was trying to trick me into I something. I know. I'm there. glad you clarified that. Yeah. I, we he, have ladies here. He was, I know. He was trying to trick <laughs> me into something. I don't like that dirty trickery. Uh, I, I want to talk about real quick. And, and, real quick, let me remind everybody. Um, we're going we're gonna to roll here for probably another... 30 minutes or so. Uh, so please, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on Ike Live Show at Twitter or Facebook. I want to talk about the ups and downs and ultimate demise of the PAA. Because you were, and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass, but you were the best president of PAA in its existence. I'm serious when I say that. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to get your take on it. And, and you know my opinion. I've told you this from day one which is the PAA in its broad uh, – what it wanted to do in its broad sense, in the, especially in the beginning, I still feel like today has to happen for the sport. We talk about this like every damn show. Brian's getting sick of me talking about this, which is the mm-hmm. anglers need to organize right, mm-hmm. and form a, a, a group of professionals. I still believe we need that, and I, I that's what I wanted the P- PAA to be. Um, but I always disagreed with the direction the PAA kind of took a different direction in tournament fishing. And I know there were some reasons behind that. And I didn't never agreed with that totally, but I always supported the PAA. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that and tell me a little about some of the – because the PAA, it was, it was not easy. Because I talked to you over and over about your time as president. It was tough to try to navigate through that mess which is this profession, right? Which is the sponsorship side and the organization side of the sport. So tell, tell me a little bit about your thoughts of the PAA. Good, good and bad. Well, the the overall idea was a great idea. Yeah. Um, and just like you, I believe that we still need that. Yeah. Um, you know, it was set up as an advocacy group. Um, we had representatives to meet with, uh, mainly with the bass people. We really weren't accepted completely by the FLW side of the right. house, uh, but we made some inroads. Yeah. There. Um, Let me stop you. Who didn't? Why weren't? Why weren't? Why weren't? Wasn't the FLW organization receptive to the PA? Uh, we really didn't have a lot of members. Number one, from the FLW side in the initial stages. Um, and so it was difficult to have anybody who had a relationship with the the top people in, uh, at FLW and to get your foot in the door to talk to them. Um, did, that, did anyone ever have conversation with Erwin Jacobs? I, I am not aware of anyone ever speaking okay. with Erwin. With um, I had uh, some email communications with Kathy Fennell, mm-hmm. um, had some uh, – had. Uh, met her later and had a very nice conversation with her um obviously bill taylor's you know a guy that you can always approach um so you know we we were working on that um you know the the 
you know, a lot of the better things with the PAA happened on the Bass side. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize it, but it was the PAA who was the big advocate for all the competitors using their own boat and being able to absolutely um, um, advertise their sponsors. Absolutely. Um, you know, prior to that, you know, Bass was strictly we're supplying the boats, sponsor boats, sponsor, sponsor on the boats. last on the cut days yep. and every day of the Bassmaster Classic. Yep. 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 So. In reality, you know, that was a great money saver for them, too, allowing the anglers to use their boats. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but this year, in 20, actually in 2016, FLW is going to allow you to use your own boat Absolutely. as well. Yeah. You know, now, I, you know, we, we all know, knowing the business, that, you know, finance plays pays yeah. Play some part in that, but it's a move in the right direction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, during my presidency, I was I had a lot of communications with FLW about the fact that, hey, if you're going if you're going to expect this guy, you know, to be in the top ten and fish out of your boat and he's advertising all of your sponsors, yeah. he should be compensated for that. Right. You know. Um, kind of like the major league fishing right now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well. I, uh, that's a whole other story, but you know, I, unfortunately, it was set up as an advocacy group, yeah. um, and the, the the people who were most powerful at advocating for us, um, you know, kind of left, and yeah. that happened very close to the time period when there was a lot of uh, uncertainty about what Bass was doing. ESPN had been trying to dump uh, Bass for quite some time. Yeah, there was nobody stepping up to to purchase it. Yeah. Um, uh, FLW had lost Walmart. Then Walmart came. Wal- yeah. Walmart eventually came back. I remember back. that. Yeah. There was a lot of uncertainty about what was going on with FLW. So the anglers wanted tournaments to subsidize their income. Right. And that's where we got into tournament fishing. And uh, you know that kind of you know that was a hard pill for 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 Bass and FLW to swallow. That we now we were. We were getting into the tournament yeah. side of things and kind of, uh, you know, encroaching on their territory, so to speak. Right. Um, and and in reality, you know, you're you know you you're cutting up the pie. Yeah. You know, um, it's not something we wanted to do, but it was something that the membership needed, and you know, we did it. Right. Um, but unfortunately, because of that, and and the move to to you know a lot of our top people went to the MLF and started started building you know major league fishing um you know we lost the ability to be able to walk into to the top pe- people at bass and and converse with them and talk to them about what exactly what was going on right you know they'd much rather hear from from you know kevin or or you know someone of his caliber than dave mansu that's just the way it is although i represented them right and and jerry was always open to me you know shooting him an email and talking about things um it just didn't have i don't have the same influence right you know um so it you know we lost a lot when that happened right fortunately and it and so so do you do you blame mlf for the demise of the paa i, I don't blame mlf i i i have several friends including you who are um owners um competitors and i wish you the best of luck for that there are a couple people in the mlf that i i have no respect for because they lied to us uh, in in some some things that they did and 
So, uh, you know, I have difficulty with that. Yeah. You know, the the reality of it is, you know, we, uh, you know, as anglers, we're taught to keep, be very secretive about things. Yeah. You know, it, you know and, and sponsors play on that with your contract. You're not allowed to discuss your contract with anybody so nobody really knows what everybody else is getting. You know, and that's a problem, though, isn't it? Uh, it's a big problem. It's, it's a, a problem. problem. That's a but, problem. Yeah. But it it creates an atmosphere where there's there it's difficult to build a unified group yeah you know because you're not unified in anything other than having a very small group that you trust right when you're on the water so why are you going to do that trust a large group off the water yeah um and and it you know the anglers although i i had to laugh recently there was a survey done where you know the number one priority for anglers was was basically developing a union Mm -hmm. well you, you didn't support the pa when we were here you know? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, because you know me, I spent countless hours. Um, you worked really hard I, at it. I did, and, I, yeah. and I, there's very few anglers I didn't talk to, yep. you know, to to get them to uh, be a part of the PAA, support the event, support, you know, the initiatives that we were working on and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, that kind of struck me as very yeah. odd that, you know, um, and, you know, it's the way the industry's going right now you know although it's wonderful you know that you know um things seem to be getting a little better you know uh we have all these uh you know like in texas high school fishing is absolutely incredible yeah you know you'll get over 400 boats in a tournament yeah um and you see these kids getting involved in fishing that they're not involved in any other sport Right. Know, they just want to be involved in fishing, and that's wonderful. You see the coaches out there, the families out there, you know, and and college fishing is is unbelievable. Yeah. Now, you know, um, years ago, FLW would pay people like me to take the college kids out. Yeah. For a tournament, and yeah. now all of them have boats. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, the boating industry is doing a little better. Than I think they they want us want to lead us to believe. Yeah. But. The reality of it is, it's, it's almost like they're 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 growing a new crop. You right. Know, these kids don't really understand how the business works, and where we're going with it. Yeah. Brian's doing sign language over yeah, there. Yeah. So you know, it it's really hard without, you know, an organization and a group to bring all these things to light. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I I still believe that the anglers need representation. You know, I know you had Jerry on last week, and I, I'm kind of flattered that I happen to follow him. You know. Knowing what he's done for the industry, and I, I have the utmost respect for him. I know he's always tried to do the best thing. Um, you know, you're gonna, there's going to be people that are going to differ with, with you're going to have a different opinion, but you know, he's trying to do the best he can. But you know, um, there's so many ways that he, we Bass and FLW could incorporate the anglers, yeah. not only in um, you know their selection of places to go, but how the rules are enforced, yeah. what the rules are. Wh- you know, what's the penalty if you break a certain rule? Yeah. You know, uh, I would love to see a rules committee, you know, formulated so that a rules committee take, that has actual power. Yes, so and, that you take that power away from the tournament director. Yeah. You know, the, the tournament director is not just the, the judge and jury and the appeals court. Yeah. You know, he can make the initial decision, but you got to yeah. be able to appeal to someone else. Yeah. We're seeing that with the NFL now. Yeah. Now, you know. Now th- this is amazing. So we so we had the anglers themselves say this is something they want. Right. Um, I believe that. You believe that. And we even had Jerry say that he believes that has to happen. So what what has to happen for the anglers to finally actually unify? 
A- after several attempts, what has to happen? What's the missing link? They have to they have to come up with someone they believe in. The uh, anglers themselves. The anglers themselves. You know. Yeah. And they have to, you know, they have to sit down, and 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 pick a spot where they're going to um, drive a point home to the organization that we want this representation, and if we don't get the representation, there's right. not going to be any. Anyone at the event. Right. Draw you know, a line in the draw sand. Draw a line in the sand. Unfortunately, yeah. that's where it's going. Right. You know, there's been a lot of opportunities where that could have been done, um, but unfortunately it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but that's my belief, you yeah. know, because, you know, the organizations are businesses. They're yeah. they're in the business to make money. Yeah. You, you know, you can't fault them for wanting to make as much money as they can. Yeah. But my, my point has always been we are the entertainers. Yeah. Without the entertainers, there's no show. We talk about that all the time. You know? Now, you know, one of the greatest things Bass is doing is the the live feed. Yeah. You know, well, you know they're going to start selling advertising yeah. on that. So why isn't the angler getting part of that? I mean, he's part of the show. Revenue share. Revenue share. Happens exactly. in every other sport. It does. And, and it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel. Every major sport has a players association. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Well, the... the yeah, we just don't have to reinvent the wheel. The yeah. model is there yeah. to do these things. And and I think, really, it's going to make a better world for everybody, not just, you know, it, it's got to it be is. a give and take on both sides. Yeah. You know, you can't come in there and demand, 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 demand. Yeah. It's got to be, look, we're all in this together. We want it to work for everybody. Yep, common ground. Absolutely. Needs Absolutely. to happen. Yep. All right, let's do this. Let's lighten the mood here and, and switch gears one last time. And I want to talk to you about... Uh, Recently on uh, Mark Jeffrey's show, good good friend of the show, executive producer of the show. Bass Talk Live. Bass Talk Live, uh, Bass Zone. And we heard a couple big announcements today. Uh, talk a little bit about you had an amazing year in the Everstarts, and now you're on the verge of potentially fishing FLW. It's awesome. We talked about it upstairs. I I hope you do it. I want to see <laughs> I want to see you fishing. I want to see you kick their asses. But to talk a little bit about that. Well, um, first off, I, I, you know, it's kind of it's it's very rewarding to go from Jersey to Texas yeah. and compete against the guys down there. There's some amazing fishermen down yeah. there. There's some studs. Every time you go on the water, there's guys there that there is that you know they're going to kick your ass. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. You know, and um, you know the last two years I've qualified through the Texas Rayovacs to, to compete in the Rayovac Championship. And, you know, this past year I was fortunate enough to finish uh, ninth overall in the in the, the division, which to me is is so rewarding because yeah. I respect all those guys. Absolutely. They're, they're just great fishermen. And they're you big know? fields of guys that know what they're doing. Yeah and, yeah, and they fish those lakes a long time. Yeah. You know, no matter where you go, they fish the lakes a long time. And it's kind of funny. I, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that uh, Ray Hanselman uh, not only won all three totally of our sick. events. Totally sick what yeah, he did. I mean, you yeah. talk about, you know, the rookie of the year, angler of the year deal. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to do what he did. Nobody. Probably never be done again. Uh, That's it's pretty... A, it's, Joe DiMaggio. It's stuff, pretty amazing. You know? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, we need to get him on the show, Brian. Joe DiMaggio? No. <laughs> Who? What are we going to do? <laughs> Who are we talking about? Ray What are we going to have, a Ouija board? Oh, Hanselman. Oh, Ray. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Hanselmania. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get him on the show. That's yep. a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
Um, yeah, you, you know, kudos to him, man. Just phenomenal. Yeah. And it's funny because I talked to him before the third tournament at Texoma. I said, well, it's going to be three-peat. And he's like, no, man, I'm not on him at all. Isn't that amazing? And then, then I see him at the championship. And I go, "All right, man, don't don't you dare tell me you're not on." Because no, no, I'm not on. Oh, yeah. he's one of those uh, guys, huh? Well, I think he's very uh, humble. I really do. He's he's a great guy. Yeah. I think he's very humble. But yeah. sound you sound you're I mean you're sounding naive, Dave. Not at all like a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how retired are you? <laughs> uh, well. Are you trying to say there's a motive here? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, well, it sounds, sounds um, like it sounds like he's a sandbagger. I don't know. Uh, Carry on, sandbagger. So, so I by finishing ninth, I I qualified for the FLW tour. Yeah. And uh, good friend Kurt Dove uh, says to me, you know, he's like, uh, dude, you got to do this. You know, sound like yeah, Kurt when yeah, you said that. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is awesome, dude. You got to do this. You know. <laughs> So I'm like, I really wasn't giving it any thought, you know. Yeah. But he's like, well, you know, you don't need a lot of money. You just need this and that, you know, and you, you'll be fine if you compare it to what you're going to spend anyway. So I got to thinking about it, you know. And, you know, I was very fortunate in my career. I fished the top 150s. I fished the BASS Tour before it became the Elites. I fished uh, the FLW Series as opposed to fishing the Elites. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was working then. And I, yeah. you know... Um, and, and although, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to diminish my efforts or, you know, I mean, the focus then was building a career and winning, you yeah. know, build a career, win and uh, and get the sponsors behind you. Well, you know, I'm I'm a little older now. You know, I've kind of experienced a lot of things that a lot that many people haven't in the industry. And uh, I, I recognize that there are so many people out there that want to touch you, you know. You know it better than anybody. Yeah. You know, well, Brian has that too, and they're all gay guys. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, there was there was some there was there was the a holiday state season's of... coming, Brian. You'll be all right. As long as I stay out of the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the keys. So so there's an opportunity. There's a platform there that you can use to send a message. Definitely. And um, you know, I'm I'm a cancer survivor. I'm yes. very fortunate, and I'm very proud to say that. You know, I'm blessed to say that. Yeah. Um, there's so many people out there that, you know, un- you know, unfortunately can't say that. Yeah. Or, you know, but, uh, you know, there's so few of us that have been have not been affected in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. By this terrible disease. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I I still get checked every six months. I go to the Baylor Institute and whenever there's a program there that I can be involved in where you know if they got to take extra blood tissue whatever it is to to do research on i'm i'm always a part of it you know yep. doing whatever i can and i talk to people when i talk to you know when i do a seminar one of the last things i talk about is you know getting tested you know i was yep. fortunate enough to uh to have my cancer detected by a simple blood yeah. test awareness yep key. cancer awareness yep. absolutely it's key you know and a lot of people aren't aren't aware of what can happen. You know, one in six men are going to be affected by prostate cancer. Wow. You know, and and it's actually higher in African American males. You know. Wow. So, um, you know, women with breast cancer, it's one in eight. You know. Um. So, you know, and we go to a lot of areas where, you know, maybe people don't really know a lot of things right. about that. You know. Yeah. Plus, you have the internet now. You have a lot of print stuff on the internet. Um. 
you know, and you know what the visualization of a rap going down the road does. Oh, yeah. You know, so I thought that this would be a great opportunity for me to try to help a, a charity, a research foundation to uh, to raise funds. It's amazing. And, and it's I, an amazing concept. Well, I, I got it. You know, I, I have to give kudos to Randy Howell. Yeah. Randy does it for King's Home. King's and I Home. had a long yeah. conversation with Randy. And both him and Robin are wonderful people. And, you know, they do a great thing. And, um, you know, over the last five years, they've raised, uh, you know, over $500,000 for that. Wow. That, that home for, for abused women down yeah. there, you know. So I got to thinking, you know, I can do the same thing for cancer. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, there's a lot of foundations out there, a lot of charity organizations that every dollar that you donate goes directly to research. And those are the ones that I would like to focus on. But I thought a way to make it part of everybody, you know, everybody be a part of this whole thing was, you know, you can make a donation to uh, to uh, to me or to the, you know, to this effort. And you'd have the ability to uh, if you wanted to uh, do it in the name of someone. You know, perhaps someone who's been a victim of cancer or whatever, you could sign the rap on the boat. Yeah. You know, so that you, you know, everybody sees sees that, and then you get a uh, a chance, basically, to win the boat. To win the boat. The boat that yep. I use throughout the year. So, um, it's a way to drive it. You know, it's a way to get information out there um, on this and and hopefully save a life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've actually had people walk up to me and say, I heard your story. I went and got checked and you saved my life. Wow. So, you know, that's a pretty powerful thing. It's a gr- it must be a great. That's a great feeling. It's though, a for great you. feeling to yeah. know that in some way, shape or form, you inspired this person to yeah. go get checked. You know, and if you can do that in just a handful of cases, but just do it once, it's just an amazing feeling. It's amazing. At what age it's did you start getting checked, Dave? I actually started getting checked at age 40. Um, it used to be that they would recommend you start getting checked at age 50, but they started to find it in younger men, yeah. uh, much younger men. And actually, now they've actually found it in some men that are in their late 30s. So, wow. So at what age so, did they detect it? I was 55. Okay. But I had a great baseline because I would get a, a a full physical every two years. Right. So they had full a great physical baseline. every two years. Yeah, and they 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 uh, they picked it up immediately. You know that the PSA level started to raise. What what right. test what test was it's it? A, it's a PSA level. It's a prostate. Um, Is that blood? Specific antigen. It's an antigen that your prostate will start to um, emit when cancer is present. Is or, that a blood test? Or yeah, or you have an infection. Right, or right. enlargement. There's three things that can actually cause it. Okay. Um, in my case, I, you know, I prayed that it was one or the other two, but right. eventually I had to get a get a, uh, uh, a a biopsy done, and it was found to be cancer. Wow. But the, you know, unfortunately, it's the number two killer of men because it's yeah. such a slow process, yeah. and quite often there are no symptoms. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. You know, sometimes there's a symptom of having difficulty to urinate. You know, but uh, other than that, it's uh, a lot of times it's just quiet, just it's creeps up. It's real quiet, creeps yeah. way up, creeps up on you. Yeah. You know, over the years and yeah. you know, unfortunately, it can take. So it. it was the blood test. It wasn't the the finger with the glove on it, it you, test. You do not have to get the digital rectal exam. Although, if you prefer that, Brian, you can. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I've had it, and it was. I brought my wife for 
you know, support. I you told me about this. And back up. Yeah, well, they said it. They said start at 40. I'm like, well, you said shit. it was a big black doctor, big black guy, didn't you tell me? No, that, that was my back surgery. Oh, that was your back surgery. They gave me one then too. Oh, okay. I don't know if they were supposed to, but they did. Oh, they did. Son of a bitches. Big black guy. Frigger had big hands too. <laughs> All right. All right. Know that. Uh, I, I, I love what you're doing. I love this concept. And uh, it's something different, Mike. You know, I it's mean, awesome. You know, it's awesome. I mean, you know, the Uncle Don story. I mean, this yeah. is this this is yeah. this is a amazing thing. And, what you're and, doing. and don't get me wrong. I don't want to just I happen to be a prostate cancer survivor. Yeah. But I, I, I firmly believe that if they find a cure for one cancer, it'll be a domino effect. Right. So I don't want to focus. I don't want to say that I'm just out there doing it. It's right. cancer awareness. Right. You know, cancer it's across a full the umbrella yep. across the board. It, it's, this is an amazing concept. How, why, why we've got the ear of 300 people now and hopefully tens of thousands in downloads. How can they, how can they find and help what you're doing? Is there a way you, how can they find you right now well, and help what you're doing? Part of, part of what prompted the Bass Talk Live, uh, interview an opportunity, uh, and which leads me to this wonderful studio, is was I put out, um, I'm kind of running out of options. Um, I need to have my entry fees covered in order to do this. Yeah. Um, and um, I put out a, a just a request to all my, my friends and fans on Facebook, you know, outlining what I wanted to do yeah. and what I need and, and if, Asking them if they were aware of any companies that wanted to get behind this yep. that could help support this effort, yep. you know, to to message me or reach out to me on my website, gotcha. which is uh, DaveMansu.com. DaveMansu.com. Yep. Okay. So, uh, and uh, and the Facebook is what's your Facebook, Dave? Just Dave Mansu. Just Dave Mansu. Pro, Pro Facebook. Pro yeah. Angler Dave Mansu at fa- on Facebook. Right. So okay. so I'm you know I'm trying to find some some companies because as individuals. I want you to donate to the cause, which is giving you the opportunity to win the boat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that because the companies that, that join me will be on the wrap. They'll be part of the advertisement, part of the ticket sales, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So everybody will know who's behind this and who's helping to support yeah. it. So it's uh, awesome. Um, I just thought it was a different idea, a different approach at, you know, um, at, at you know, we have tremendous fans. You yeah. know, every place we go, we have tremendous fans. Yeah. And there's no more loyal fan than a than a than a fishing fan, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. You know, um, there's been a lot of surveys done that they're just as loyal as the NASCAR Absolutely. people. So, um, you know, I I think if I get this message to the right people, you know, they'll, they'll want to join me in this effort because, uh, you know, I firmly believe in it. I, I firmly believe that you know we need to learn a whole lot more about it, and I I believe that we we can find a cure. We, you know, we've got amazing people in the medical field here, yeah you know yeah um and hopefully you know before you know at some at some point in my lifetime you know this is going to happen be great to see wouldn't it absolutely be absolutely awesome. be awesome to see uh brian let's let's do a couple housekeeping things uh any any more big questions come through or you want to catch up with housekeeping 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 all right i want to let everybody know uh, today was a very special day i got to meet a fine young fellow in maryland today YouTuber. i want you to Say again? A YouTuber. A YouTuber. I want you to check him out on his YouTube channel. And he's got Instagram and all that stuff, too. One one rod, one reel fishing. Uh, amazing dude. This guy, Mike. Really cool kid. Great story. Um, and we set out on a very interesting challenge today. And we had four hours to catch bass on bacon. 
Yeah. Straight bacon. Nothing else. We couldn't use anything else. We had to use just actual pieces of bacon. And we came prepared, too. Let me tell you, we had we had turkey bacon for if it got a little tougher. We had a traditional regular bacon. And then we had extra thick peppercorn bacon. Mm. Nice. And I don't want to give too much away because... Uh, Cooked or raw? A, a raw. We actually had cooked, but we ate the cook. Um, <laughs> did, did, did he bring turkey jerk or uh, bacon jerky? No bacon jerky. Straight up bacon. We okay. were purists today. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to give too much away because you're going to see this video very soon on his YouTube site, uh, One Rod, One Real Fishing. Uh, but the challenge was met. That's all I could say. Ooh. Challenge was met. Nice. I'm not going to give away any more than that. How big? I can't tell you. Wow. I can't tell you, but the challenge was met. It's pretty interesting. Uh, also, I uh, want to remind you that this Sunday, uh, Brian, what's the date? November? 15, I think. 15? Are you lying to me? 15. 15. Yeah. Okay. This Sunday, November 15th, very special guest, Jim Miller. And his brother. Dan. And his brother, Dan. Dan, yep. Coming in to Ike Live Studios. It's going to be a great day. They're going to come in early. We're going to do a little fishing. After the fishing, we're going to set up some mats, and Jim's going to uh, kick my ass. And then he's going to come into the studio, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, Very these, these guys are both uh, uh, MMA fighters. MMA fighters. In yeah. the UFC. UFC. Um, badass dudes. Badass dudes. Yeah, they're, they hunt, they fish. They, yep. they're, they're I'm very excited about this. It's amazing. So I can't the classic wait. is in February? Classic is February. Will you recover by I that? have a couple months to heal up. Okay. All right. I have a couple months to heal up. Beck, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, she's just rolling the eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hear you're going to get strangled. I'm going to get choked out live on right film. Right after Brian does. Right after Brian uh, does. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to explain to Brian that they actually taught us how to do that in the police academy years ago. Did they really? Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to do that uh, today, but okay. um, it's it's quite the experience. Wow. Now, yeah. speaking of police academy, did you... Uh, did you get sprayed with mace when you were in the police academy? Well, that came out uh, later. After, after, yeah, you have to. So no mace and no tasing when you were in the police academy. Not, not in the academy, no. But I, I was actually pepper sprayed later because you, gotcha. you had to be sprayed in order to carry it. How did? How? how what what, what was that? Horrible experience? Experience. It's horrible, isn't it? Horrible. Yeah. yeah you got more shit running out of your nose, eyes, oh mouth God. than you can imagine. I could imagine. Real yeah. quick story. Uh, Dan Quinn, who's a good good friend of ours, good friend of the show from Rapala, uh, actually was in the police academy. Uh, after he graduated college, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do, and he, he, he thought maybe he would get into law enforcement, so he signed up to the police academy, and he was the one selected to get tased. <laughs> and he actually has video of it. It's the most unbelievable thing ever. Sweet it's this hate. He just kind of gets paralyzed and goes to the ground. And this shriek, almost a woman woman shriek, comes out of this big man's body. It was amazing. we got to get that. I have to get Dan to send that to us so we, we can play it. We have to get that. It was great. Is he coming around anytime? No, nah, but we'll, we'll, I don't know, maybe. maybe I miss we'll, him. Yeah, I miss him too. <laughs> We'll get him to come and show the Taze video and, and sing Sweet Caroline. Yes. Be a great, uh, great format. Brian DeCarpenter, do you want to give a shout-out to the uh, Twitter guy from Canada? Yeah. Um, this this kind of follows in suit with what you do with uh, the, the uh, Ike Foundation. Cool. Um, I, uh, there's a, a fan of the show. Yeah. Um, his Twitter handle is at Canuck Bassing. Okay. And um, 
he is he is uh, let me bring it up here give me one second he is running a, uh, a little a little uh, event here um, retweet uh, follow at Canuck Bassey on Twitter retweet his promo and donate a twenty dollar twenty plus dollar rod and reel combo to a Salvation Army uh, toy drive for kids take a picture send it to him and you're entered into the uh, his uh, contest. Okay. And basically, he's got a prize package of um, of swag and stuff from his sponsors, including Liquid Mayhem um, and and several others. And uh, it's just a great thing. I mean, he's running this all on his own. He's taking all these products yeah. from his sponsors, and he's running this event to try to drive people to send um, to send fishing rods to the Salvation Army. For wow. kids, for kids in need. Cool. It just like just like you do with the Ike yeah. Foundation. I thought it was a beautiful thing. Um, great to see stuff like this, and and we got to support it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and anything to get more kids fishing is is a good. Th- that's deal. really what it's about, man. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. You know the the Salvation Army, if I can, it's just amazing organization. It's a good amazing, organization. You know yeah. that uh, you know all your dollars that you donate to them go right to to what you know what they're trying to assist and people in need and yeah. um uh, you know I, i'm not sure you're aware of this but not long after a few weeks after katrina went through new orleans i was actually deployed down there yep as remember part you of the law that. enforcement yeah um uh, effort down there and um uh we had a um situation where the the salvation army was providing meals to all the law enforcement wow. officers down there and just amazing people amazing. that's awesome yep yeah, so they when you see them out there things. dinging that bell around That's the holidays, right. yeah, help them out. Stop and help, help them, them out. out. That money's going for a great yeah. cause. It's not going to some executive. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, let me thank everybody for tuning in. Let, let me, Dave, let me thank you for, for stopping by. This was uh, awesome. This was uh, an unexpected, awesome opportunity <laughs> to put you in Pete's slouchy chair. Oh, man. Uh, this is a horrible chair. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and catch up on some stuff. Well, and, and thank you to I'll, our audience tonight, too. Thank you guys for sitting in. Yeah. Awesome. Glad you could sit in for it. I uh, wish Pete could have been here. We could have had a lot of fun with him. But uh, man, I, I can't thank you enough. You know, just just the fact that I can, um, you know, uh, Mark and Matt were kind enough with Bass Talk Live to help yeah. me get that message out. And you know, now this opportunity is just absolutely awesome. I, you know, I, I really hope that I get the opportunity to to fish the FLW tour and spread the word. You know, um, but I, I really I can't thank you enough for giving me the, this, uh, this chance to to you know visit with a whole another audience and uh, yep. kind of share these thoughts with them. No problem, no problem. And I I, I got a feeling you're going to fish fish it next year and you're going to kick everybody's ass. So <laughs> we know you'll so. do it. Yep. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to a very special Ike Live tonight with Dave Mansu. Tune in this Sunday. Jim Miller, his brother Dan, and my ass getting kicked. See you soon. Bye.